Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Spurs Show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our annual big show. It's the Spurs Show special Christmas recording, live from Dingwalls in Camden. Great. We're here. Please welcome my co-host, Mr. Theo Delady. Hello. Go on, you Spurs. And our very special guest tonight, a man we've been trying to get for a long, long time. This could be wrong, it could be right. We'll find out. 173 appearances to Spurs, 1985 to 1989. Well, you know from the quiz answers, 42 goals. Please welcome to the stage, Mr. Chrissy Waddle. Well, there you are. Quite a turnout. Trust me, there's not many players we come out for after the abject defeat of them yesterday. So fun, thank all, you so much for joining us, Chris. They're old fans of Damon Leeds, aren't they? So. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think we all prefer the follow-up single. Well, well we do. Well, it was quite fitting because Glenn fucked off. Um, <laughs> that was called Goodbye, wasn't it? So there you go. It's, it's Goodbye. It was a great song and quite a strange video, I remember. It's Goodbye. It wasn't uh, well, yeah, it was a strange scenario. Willie Morgan was at the back. Willie Morgan had something to do with those singles or, or, or not? Yeah, Willie was... Uh, he plugged, it was his fault. He plugged it. Um, he used to go around the record company saying, basically, do you want to buy this single? Um, but he wasn't allowed to tell them who was singing on it. Why? Really? Because he was... Well, I think the record company thought if you... Uh, put main Glenn's name, then people think, oh, it's a novelty. Right. And they didn't want that. They wanted somebody to take it on its... On its merits. 
It's a great pop record. So who well, who's the people think it was? Simon and Garfunkel? <laughs> the Everly Brothers. I, I, always remember, I always remember doing Top of the Pops and uh, Gary Davis. Um, Ooh, Gary Davis. Ooh, Gary Davis. Yeah. I think he introduced it and he was stood up on the scaffolding and Top of the Pops studio at BBC. And it was, by the way, that was the scariest thing I've ever done in my life, right? People talk about the pen missing all that. This was a lot worse. <laughs> anyway, we stood there and I hear Gary Davis... Uh, two young lads now, da, 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 the new wham. <laughs> the new wham? <laughs> really? New wham. Who was George Michael? Who was Andrew Ridgely? Well, I would have been happy playing the bass, put it that way. Um, <laughs> and then on the Sunday, the papers had a field day. You know, the new wham, bra- brackets was spam. <laughs> you know, we absolutely got nailed, Hamad. And, um, you know, it was, uh, it was funny, really, because we... We'd, we'd come out of training and, you know, instead of talking to the Daily Mirror in the sun, we were talking to Musical Express, smash hits. Number one smash hits. Yeah, so, you know, it was just weird, really. So, um, I mean, it was a laugh. People say, are you glad you did it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I am, because at the end of the day, I look back and I get stick about it every week. But, you know, listen, if people keep talking about songs, everywhere I go, I get diamond lights, you know, <laughs> in my ear when I'm in with the lads away some bar will play it um, and they all giggle and I think you know what if you were playing a song from 1987 to today in my eyes that's a classic yeah, yeah. absolutely right yeah. yeah beautiful when did you pledge your kids did your kids sort of love it Really? I mean, my daughter's a, she works, but she's a part-time singer. So, uh, oh, okay. She oh, does really? the pubs and clubs. She got the quarter-final. Quarter-final. Can I, <laughs> football mad. Um, <laughs> she got the knockout stage on The Voice. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, really? So, oh, really? Yeah. When was that? What she was that? Um, about three years ago, four years ago. Oh, wow. So, uh, I go to the thingy and... Uh, Amazing. Yeah. She nearly got through, but uh, she still does the pubs and clubs and... Um, She's, uh, I don't know where she gets the voice from, to be honest, but um, it's not me, I know that, but she's, uh, she's good, really well, good to do that next time she's welcome to perform here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. yeah. She wanted to come, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. But I, I, I said, you're not coming. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, look, we've got lots and lots of questions to get through, and then Chris is very kindly after... Uh, the interview if you form an orderly queue and I think Spurs show seasoning holders put your thing up you can get in first he'll sign and a quick selfie but don't start telling a sort of 20 minute story about <laughs> you like you know it's, it's, we've all got homes to go to <laughs> um, don't forget thank you we've teamed up with Labbrooks go to bet.spurshow.net Get a free £20 bet. Um, firstly, a lot of people here are season ticket holders. Go to season.spurshow.net. £10 a month gets you and a guest into most of the monthly events. I can exclusively announce our next live show on Tuesday, January the 29th with Meat Hook himself, Mr. <laughs> Terry Naylor. Whoa! Anyone want to join us, go to season.spurshow.net. Right, so I mean... We'll let's go back pre-Spurs, which is quite a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Before you signed even for, for, for Newcastle, you, you had, before then, even, you had various trials with other clubs. Which other clubs could you have joined before Newcastle? Bly Spartans. Um, Gateshead. <laughs> no, I, I, I was... What happened was I was good at school and I didn't grow 
I was like five foot three, five foot four when I was 16. I was at Coventry for two years. Everybody likes getting sent to Coventry. Right. And um, anyway, I was there for two years. And when I went for the, it's called a scholarship now. Yeah. It was apprenticeship when I yeah. was, anyway. Uh, Coventry basically went, nah, you shit. So, were you, what, what position were you, that, that young age were you kind of playing? Uh, I was playing on the left wing or centre forward. Right, okay. And um, they basically said, you've got great ability, but you're too little. Typical right. English statement. I'd love to see Lionel Messi here when he was 14. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> he would have been playing for total law like I was. Um, Luca Modric just won the Ballon d'Or. Uh, there you go. Look at that. I was yeah. before my time, wasn't I? Um, yeah. So then. Um, Basically, uh, I thought, shit, I'm not getting the play. I thought I was nailed on mm. and uh, didn't get one. So got the custard pie and then I thought, what am I going to do? Yeah. So um, I just lost the plot for a year, to be honest. I, right. uh, I went in goal for a year. Oh, really? Mm. Goal? Wow. Yeah. Uh, Any I like, good? I like playing goal. Yeah, I love yeah. playing goal. It was great. Um, he kept warm as well. He had gloves on. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> Hat so scarf. He could, wear, he could wear bottoms. Yeah. yeah Brilliant. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, I had a year in goal, and then uh, I was playing Sunday mornings, pub teams. Yeah. And then um, I had a kid who was uh, a mate who, who I grew up with, and uh, he was playing for this really good side, uh, junior level, and uh, I was playing with my mates who were absolute crap. Yeah. And, um, so he said, come play with this team. He said, honestly, you know, he said, and I, I started growing, and, um, and I went, nah, I don't really, nah. You know, I said, I've had my chance, it's not going to work. And he was like, nah, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you've got it, I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he persuaded us to go to this team, went to this team, uh, great side of the word. All the players were at clubs, basically, or trails, and, mm-hmm. apart from me. And um, played for them for about six months, right. and I got my appetite back. Right. And then uh, that was it. But at the end of that season, they said, are you going to sign for the senior team? Because I was coming out of junior football. And then they said, um, I went, no. I said, to be honest, I've got a shit job. And uh, I was working in a sausage factory. It wasn't a sausage factory, by the way. Well, it's what, as the quiz. Great. Just had the quiz. It's not a sausage factory, by the way. Yeah. Anyway. It was a food product factory. It was a yeah. seasoning. According to the quiz and It was a Howling. seasoning factory. <laughs> Chris was in charge of the seasoning, yes. the recipe, everything. Yes. We had a massive workforce, there was three of us. <laughs> and, um, so anyway, I was working there and, and I said to the manager, look, I said, to be honest, mate, I've got a crap job and I get 20 quid a week. And if I was on the door then, I was getting £10.30. So I was working basically for a tenner. Mm. So I said, do you know anybody who would be interested in, who pay on a Saturday, non-league level? And he says, oh, I know the manager of Tower Law Town. And I'm from Gateshead. I haven't even fucking heard of Tower Law Town. And it's a place in Durham. And it's basically one street and another street, a football ground, and that's it. So uh, he says, I know the manager. And the manager was brilliant, by the way. He was like ahead of his time, really. And how old were you at this stage? How old were you? Uh, 34. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was uh, 17, 18, 18, 18, 18. Anyway, he sent us for a trail this night. Um, I went on the Thursday night, trained with him, and uh, he said, oh, we've got a game on Saturday. Uh, Frickley away, pre-season friendly, which were, Frickley then were big main in place and 
Barnsley-ish. Right. I'm not talking about that. Um, anyway, he, he said, we've got a game, bring your boots, you mightn't get a game, but just bring your boots, mate, sub you up. So anyway, we're getting the minibus, we travel down, we've only got 11. So I thought, I'm playing. So anyway, we played for Ickley, won the conference, who are a good side, okay. and kicked shit out of you, by the way. Mm. And then um, we drew to all, I made both goals and had a great good game. And the guy said, uh, where you come from? And I told him my history. Mm-hmm. And he went, strange, this, you know. Um, but within that two years, from 16 to 18, I'd shot up to six foot. And um, so all of a sudden he said, yeah, we've got a game, league starts next Saturday, and that was it. I played that season with him. Uh, I got 20 goals, I think, whatever. And um, club started watching. You still friendly with anyone who played in that, that side with you? Still in yeah, touch I still anyone? see some of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, um, they, they, there's, uh, there was. We had a good say to be yeah. fair. And, you know, they were a small club, but they always seem to produce, get players in, and uh, didn't have the biggest budget. Uh, I ended up signing a contract that year because I was playing that well. They must have thought we'll get money for him. Mm. So I ended up signing a contract for a fiver a week, and um, big bucks. And um, so. To be fair, I would have seen it for nothing anyway, because I like playing. But, um, and that was it. And then everybody started coming watching. Right. You know, Sunderland, Carlisle. And I met Alan Clark, actually, at uh, Scotch Corner um, from Barnsley. And uh, the scout who was recommended this said, Alan Clark, sign him. And Alan Clark went, no, I need to see him play. And the bloke went, look, just sign him. I'm telling you now, just sign him. And he wouldn't. So I'm sat there thinking, what's going on here? So the bloke's really arguing with Alan Clark, and he went, if he's shit, if he's crap, sack us. He says, I am that convinced you've got a player. And Alan Clark went, nah. <laughs> so Newcastle uh, came in, and then told Because so you, you, growing up, you were a Sunderland fan, weren't yeah, you? Yeah. So what was that like now, Newcastle coming? Were you, were you like staunch? Well, I had two weeks. Of, I had two weeks. Nah, it was two weeks right. in Sunderland, and then um, Sunderland said no. Oh, okay. So and then Newcastle came in. Yeah, but Newcastle being Newcastle, it's like I'd make Ashley in charge then. <laughs> Come in and said, "Look, they won thirty grand for you because tell Law wanted some floodlights." Right, and they wanted thirty grand. That's a lot of money, though, isn't it? Then nah. no, thirty grand. Nah. A lot of money to them to get 30 grand. Yeah, well, even if they'd said, I'd tell you what, we'll give you 10 now and then 10 and 10. Yeah. So what Newcastle said was, let your contract run out, we'll get you for now. Oh, nice. I'm yeah. sure I make Ashley was there then. Yeah. Anyway, they said, um, 500 quid if he plays 20 league games, not games, league games, mm. 500 pound, and if he plays 20 league games, we'll give you another 500 pound. <laughs> Wow. So they got us for the ground. Unbelievable. Wow. So, which was annoying because Tolo were a really nice club. Yeah, and, they, yeah, yeah. You know, but, you know, that was the way it went. But Arthur, Arthur Cox was the manager. Yeah. And, you know, even I remember, he started assembling a pretty good team. Uh, it was hard at first because we, we couldn't score goals. And I was in the right. reserves and um, I was lucky that in the first 10 games in the reserve league, which was a good reserve league then, you know, we're playing Liverpool and mm. I remember playing, you know, my first ever game for Newcastle United Reserves was against Man United Reserves. It was a Saturday, three o'clock, Reserves, at St James's Park. And Ray Wilkins was coming back from a double hernia. Oh, well, okay. And um, the kick-off, and I'm 
playing centre forward this day, and I'm chomping at the bit, ready to, you know, this is my first game, and the good crowd was about 7,000, 8,000. And I'm like, cool, cool, you know, this is it. Anyway, they kick it off, they roll it back to Ray Wilkins, and I run across, he goes to play it, I go to block it, and he nutmegs us. <laughs> oh, no. And he went, Ray went, welcome to the fucking game, son. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I always remember that. I always remember that. <laughs> but that side that Arthur Cox had, obviously, within a year, about a season or two, Kevin Keegan came in, Peter Beardsley. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're Southerners, we were Spurs fans watching match today. That was not a bad forward line, yeah. the three of you. How quickly did you get in that first team? I got in in September, um, played Shrewsbury. So pretty quick. Yeah, but I, I, in the first 10 games in the reserves, I scored you 11 scored goals. scored a load of goals, so you so, just played your way in. Arthur Cox, we couldn't score goals as a club. Right. Um, Arthur Cox, by the way, you've got to say, if you were a manager, you would have his name. Because there's no way in a million years the fans are going to sing Cox out. <laughs> hey! He's <laughs> <laughs> all week trying to feel. <laughs> <laughs> so how long after you got in that team did Keegan turn up? Um, the, my first two years was learning really right I was learning uh, I'm non-league I, yeah. used to go, I used to go out on a Friday night and we're playing on a Saturday I didn't know he had to stay in yeah. I used to go out with my mates because it's it so low we used to go out like, yeah. non-league you go out Friday night have a few beers yeah. and, uh, you know. so when I went to Newcastle and then oh, the Cox pulled us and said do you go out on a Friday night <laughs> and I was like yeah and he went, you don't realise I can fine you. And I went, why? He went, read your contract. And it had 48 hours, you're not allowed out no, where there's alcohol served. I didn't know that. So every Friday I was going out. <laughs> so um, anyway, then all of a sudden it, we struggled with goals, really did struggle to be fair. And then um, next thing we were in Madeira on pre-season tour and the next thing what happened was um, we got a message out that Cox wasn't on the trip. Um... Uh, Tommy Kavanagh was the assistant then who used to be at Man United with Tommy Doherty he was the assistant then and he was taking a trip in Madeira with a friendly there a couple of friendlies and uh, pre-season and somebody rang he didn't have mobiles then and that so somebody rang home on the phone and the wife said hey it's on the back of the Chronicle which is a local paper like the Standard uh, Newcastle signed Kevin Keegan so he comes into the bar well, oops not the bar and uh, he comes in the room and says um <laughs> Arthur Cox wasn't there, by the way. Anyway, uh, he comes in the room and says, uh, we're saying fucking Kevin Keegan. And we were all like, shut up. <laughs> Kevin Keegan, we joke not. He can't score a goal. We were like mid-table. We were honestly we were terrible. We were really average. And um, he was like, saying Kevin Keegan. Anyway, well, Tommy Kavanagh comes in. And they were like, Tommy, yeah. Are we saying Keegan? Can't say anything. So then everybody's like, We've signed him. Yeah. We've signed him. And then Teddy Mack came. Yes, of course, the turmoil. Yeah. Um, it, it was just, it was a massive thing about the players, myself in particular, was just like, we were getting like 23,000, 24,000, and all of a sudden it was like 36,000, could have been 50. Mm. Mm. Sell out. Oh, every week. I mean, he was the biggest superstar oh, in European football, really. Yeah, it was it? massive. It was like, in a lot of throws, we had like seven Geordies in the team. Right. And we were just plodding along, really. Yeah. And um, we just froze. And a lot of it got dropped. Right. Um, just couldn't handle it. It was just, it went mad. I mean, it, the town went absolutely mad. 
And then, um, and it was one of them where you actually look back and think, you either jump on this or you'll be... Yeah, you'll be sink playing, or swim. You'll be playing at Carlisle next month. Yeah. So, well, I'm going to go with Carlisle, eh? Um, but that's what, that's what it was. And unfortunately, three or four had to go to Carlisle. Mm. But Kevin was like, we're not standing around here. I want promotion. And, yeah, which is great. And, it, and so it, it really did... But how old were you when, they, when he came then? 20... <laughs> 22, 22. Okay, so you weren't a kid, and you were you were well, established, I was inexperienced. I was but you were inexperienced because you were a late had, latecomer. I'd only had two and a half years at the club, yeah. two years. So I was, yeah, I was, I was just trying to, I was like sailing along, and then it was like up the gears or you're out. Yeah, and you you rose to the occasion. You, you, yeah, you were one of those. I got dropped. Yeah. Um, I got dropped for about three games, right. and then I obviously I realised what was going on. Yeah. Uh, so then I got me. And it was just basically trying to picture saying, yeah, Kevin Keegan. But it's like trying to picture him as just, yeah, he's Kevin Keegan, so what? Yeah. And you had to try and put that into your mind, yeah. which was hard because he was like yeah. European football a year, three yeah. days, or whatever it was. Yeah. And, you know, it was just like, yeah. And everybody's like, you just got to play your game. Forget Kevin Keegan. Yeah. <laughs> How would you forget Kevin Keegan? Yeah. But it was really hard. But, you know, eventually he got on his wavelength and you thought, right. Yeah. And so, was he himself helpful and nurturing and encouraging? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, think he, I, I think he was frustrated. I think he'd come to a level where he thought, what have I come here for? Yeah. Um, as I said, we had a lot of local lads who um, were free transfers through yeah. the youth team. Basically, we were lacking experience. Mm-hmm. And when you look back... But, you know, Kevin got frustrated quite a lot. And he'd let you know what he thought. Um, how do you reply? How do you answer back to Kevin Keegan? Mm. Um, so you had to take it. Mm. But, I mean, the Freighters were great training because it was like transfers against Geordies. Mm. And we had a kid called Steve Carney, unfortunately, died with cancer. Great lad, and uh, he didn't give a shit about anybody. And as soon as Keegan got the ball, that was it. Was <laughs> and it was like, the five-a-side on a Freighter was like... Hardest games you'll ever play in. Yeah. So, um, but we we got we got we got used to it. Mm. We 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 got to learn what was all about, and he made we grow up very quickly. Put it that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, the move to Spurs, uh, according to uh, Irving Scholar, the, the Tottenham chairman, apparently we tried to buy you this season before we signed you. And if you read his book, he thought if you arrived the season before, that was the season we finished third. He was desperate to get because he thought you coming in then could have pushed us to the title. That's age 22, 23 is what people thought I think, of you. I think what When ha- did you first learn about the whole Spurs link and, and uh, did you want to go? I mean, where were you? Uh, I was at Newcastle. Yeah, but when... Were you looking to move? No, what, what happened was... Um, what happened was... I, when I used to join... I got in the England squad when I was playing with Newcastle. Right. So when I joined up with England, uh, obviously Glenn was in the squad and people like that. So Glenn would then come and say, what are you doing? Are you, are you looking to move on? Are you, uh, Do you have an agent? There was the agents in this Yeah, sports? I had um, Mel Steen and... Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so um, um, I just got them. Just got, it was like sort of new. Right. So um, anyway, we, Glenn used to say, what are you doing? What are you doing? Talk to my keen on you. Talk to my keen on you. And then I had to make a decision. I, Newcastle were basically pissing us about. And then 
you know, it was like, oh, you gave us a contract. No, Jack was in charge then. Right. Jack, who... <laughs> Jack Charlton. Jack was just, Jack was unbelievable. Difficult man. No, he was great. Off the, yeah. Away from football, brilliant. With a football, oh, no. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Jack keeps pulling us in saying, I want to give you this new contract. Okay. But I've thought about it and you'll not want one. Right? So you bring this in again, you contact, but I don't want one. I, I, I never got this. So anyway, he would promise us something, then the next day take it away. Right. Anyway, Glenn, when I joined up with England, Glenn used to say, what are you doing, what are you doing, what are you doing? And Newcastle, to be honest, pissed us about for ages and ages, months and months. So, um, but I always had this thing where um, I always admired Tottenham. Growing up, no, growing up as a kid, you... You watch teams, and I used to love entertaining teams. And that's if you look at the teams I've played for, I always try to play in entertaining teams. And um, when I when I come to leave, and I thought I made my mind up, and I thought I want to go. Right. So I went and saw the chairman, and I said I want to go. Right. And he offered me, by the way, the earth. I could have been the highest played player in the top league then. I'm talking absolute ridiculous. Con- <laughs> he offered us, and I said no, because. Right. You pissed us about for all you. But he didn't know Jack was doing the deal. So if, you, if he'd come to me originally, I don't know what would have happened. Mm. Anyway, I said, you've pissed us about all this time. So at the end of the day, I said, look, I want to go. And then Tottenham said, could you say we've got 13 games left? That's right, this is it. This is we've the got story. 13 games left, 10 at home. Yeah. That's what we had that season. And he said, can you come now? But so like now, I went, 10 at home or whatever. And I went to the chairman and said, let us go, because yeah. I'm going. Let us go now. And he was like, oh, no, we could get relegated still, this, that, and the other. And I said, look, I'm leaving at the end of the season, so he might as well let us go now. And I think Tottenham would have paid some money then, like probably more than what Newcastle got at the tribunal, to be honest. But they, the chairman said, I can't, I can't let you go. Right. So that was that. Was that. It was, that was when I nearly signed. Mm, right. So then come the summer, it was just a matter of... It was a formality. Yeah. yeah. But Chelsea were in for you as well, weren't they? Oh, I was a nightmare, that. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, John Neal was manager, and, and I, I, I had to go to these award ceremonies up in North East. I'd won Football of the Year, and this award, and that award, and, and John Neal came to all the dinners. <laughs> Stalking you? Yeah. And uh, I'd sit in the room, and I'd think, oh, he's here again. <laughs> and I was... I was really shy, right? And um, as you can tell. And uh, so I was really shy. So every time I saw him at the table, I thought, oh my God, he's good. Anyway, he used to go, I want a word with you. And I'd be like, oh. and I thought, I don't want to talk to him. I just don't want to talk to him. So I used to go out the fair exit and jump in the car and go. And anyway, he kept ringing Mel Steyn up and Len Lazarus and kept ringing them up. One Chris, one Chris, I want, you know, we'll pay this. And then they, then they rang Newcastle up and said, whatever Tottenham want to pay, we'll pay you more. And I was like, oh, I, listen, I'm not going. And then Jack come and saw us and said, Chelsea have offered a lot more money than Tottenham. Mm. And I went, and? And he went, go Chelsea. And I went, no. And he went, why? I said, I want to go Tottenham. And he went, and he went go Chelsea. And I went, no, no. And Jack was like getting annoyed about it because he thought I'm going to get good money for you off Chelsea, yeah, yeah. which they offered a lot more. And then um, I says, "No, I'm letting it run." I says, "I'm going to Tottenham." Did you become right. friendly? You mentioned Glenn there. And he, did you sort of 
Yeah, England, yeah. Bonded a bit with him at that time. And Over music. A wonderful player. Oh, great. And did you kind of think, Best player I, want to, I want to play in, in the team with him? Is yeah. that a lot to do with it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, listen, I, I'd got to a level at Newcastle and where I thought, I've got to go to the next level. Mm. Newcastle always going to be a team fighting for their lives. And I thought, Peter Beersy, quality, top draw. But I looked at the rest of the team and I thought, we're going to have a relegation battle. Mm. And I just thought, I need to go to the next level now to see if I can play the next level, mm. which was challenging for the top six mm-hmm. sort of thing. And I looked at Tottenham, obviously the team, I, I, I did, honestly, I'm not just saying it because I'm here. Um, I always admired Tottenham. I liked the way they play. I know the history of how they played. And, um, and I, I just looked at it and thought, this is my next step to play with people mm. like Glenn Ardiles, mm. Clements. Well, you mentioned it was a, it was a Peter it was a <laughs> Peter Shreve team beginning of eighty five eighty six season. Uh, this was the team that day against Watford. Obviously, yourself making your debut. Paul Allen made same, his same debut. Week, same week. Clements, Hewton, Thomas, Perman, Miller, Ardiles, Hazard, Falco, and Galvin. You scored twice in a four 0 win. You must have thought this is really easy. Did well, we two headers. <laughs> two, uh, two headers. I never scored two headers in a game apart from that game, I think. But who, how was it adjusting, Hard. moving down south? And that team, who were the big characters? And how, how did you settle in? Because for memory, you, that game, but for memory, you, you struggled that first season, oh, didn't you? I, I've got to say, I hated it. And um, I went and saw Peter Sheaves at Christmas. And, um, and I spoke to Glenn, who was a big influence, you know. And. Um, I spoke them both, and uh, I think was it a Christmas party type thing? We're sitting around, and you know, when you go to the ground, and you got the kids, and and I remember sitting on the table with them two, and just said, you know what? Uh, I said to Peter, I says, look, uh, I says I want to go home. Really? And he said, uh, what are you on about? I says I want to go home. And he said, what for? I said I can't settle, and I can play a lot better than what I've played. Even though my goals per game were quite good, good yeah. I thought I'm not playing that I can play a lot I know what I can do with the ball I'm not showing that I've not done that and uh, I was very like nervous I, mm. I just couldn't you know I just couldn't seem to get into it and I thought you know people forget when you when you, you, you transfer I feel sorry for foreign players who come because everybody thinks oh well, he's good at Lazio or he's good there and mm. he's good at Milan and, and they come into the country and people just think after three four games they go he's crap mm. <laughs> You don't realise how hard it is. It's not as much on the pitch, you know, it, off the pitch. Mm. You know, you've got your missus stuck at home. She doesn't know anybody. It's all right, but you, you go into the change room and there's lads and you have a laugh and a bit of banter. And then you get home and they've been stuck in the house all day. And, you know, it, it's a lot of friction and, and all of a sudden you don't know anybody. Mm. Uh, you, you know, it, and it takes time to settle. Some people can hit the ground running. But I tell you, it, it, I, would, I wouldn't judge a signing give him a season and mm. if he ain't done it by the next season yeah sorry mate not meant to be I mean I remember it well I don't know about you but I remember you coming I remember be- being really excited because you were, like you say Tottenham seemed like a club for you you seemed like a to us yeah, you seemed player. like a Tottenham player yeah. yeah and the first few months it was tough for you wasn't it yeah. On the, like you say you scored goals but you just weren't doing the things we thought of you as doing but then it did click didn't it Eventually. Yeah, eventually. Yeah. eventually. And it really clicked, obviously. Eventually. Yeah, I, I got settled in. The thing was, me missus met friends, and yeah. 
I found a local pub. And, uh, the Kingfisher. Kingfisher, yeah, Kingfisher was the yeah. answer. So, um, all of a sudden, we got, you know, I, I got uh, settled. Yeah. We had friends, not, not just football-wise. I mean, off, away from football, yeah. we had different people. So, you know, but the first, you got to think, the first three, four months, I used to drive home on a Saturday night in Newcastle and come back Sunday night just to go home for 24 yeah. hours. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, it's, and it's not round the corner. You know, it's nearly Scotland. Mm. <laughs> I mean, those who struggle, that season, there were still noticeable wins. 5-1 against Sheffield Wednesday, scored twice. 5-0 win at West Brom, 4-1 at Leicester. And the last three games of the season, won 5-2, 4-2 against QPR, Villa and Southampton. That sounds like this. Also, final talk about this weekend, we also beat Arsenal that season 1-0, mm-hmm. which was your first North London derby. But then, I mean, we finished... Um, 10th mm. and then that wasn't good enough for the Spurs board because we'd finished third the season before mm. and David Pleat came in how did tactically things change then under Pleat I've got to say all the teams I've played for and, and I've got to say I've been lucky enough to play in some unbelievable teams um, but that 87 team was like um, special he couldn't wait for the next game mm. and it was like um, we were like uh, Harlem Globetrotters mm. we were like entertainers yeah and then everybody said oh they brought the system out 4-5-1 right um, it, it was basically just to get the best out of the players we had mm. and you know um, to get Glenn to be free which he should have been for England and he should have had 150 caps mm. um, but, you know everybody was obsessed with 4 4 and if you couldn't run box to box, you are luxury. Mm. Um, but we, we hit on a system, you know, where it just gelled. Mm. And I remember the first day we played it, was it Oxford away? And we won four. And they had Briggs and Shotton at the back, who were like, oh, they were like, I got punched off the ball. I remember Tony Glavin get punched off the ball, running across the pitch and they stepped in and went, bang. And Tony Gallant was running at the ref. He's hit me. He's hit me. Ref's going like, shut up. <laughs> but that's the way they were told. You know, Jim yeah. Smith had them that way. And, yeah. and we, but Smith. we played around so many teams. And everybody didn't know how to play with. And, and all of a sudden, after a few uh, weeks of playing it, teams all of a sudden just thought, how do you play Tottenham? How do you stop them? Mm. And there wasn't an answer. And it took because months and months and months for anybody to try and try and work out what because they're doing. so unpredictable if you've got you and Ardiles and Hoddle three world class technicians doing but you also had that season you had Clive Allen came yeah, in exactly Richard Goff Good, one Goff, season yeah. probably one of the greatest centre backs I ever saw at Spurs yeah. not enough not long enough Steve Hodge Nico Klassen we talked backstage Mitchell Thomas came in it was a great <laughs> team to watch I'm not going to talk about Mitchell Thomas um, did you? <laughs> An eccentric man. You, you, you can. Is it, is, it, not. is it after 10 yeah, o'clock? Yeah, you, you can talk uh, about Mitchell Thomas. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> it's really <laughs> You're a good mate no, with Mitchell Thomas, yeah, aren't you? Yeah, but friends. There's women in the crowd, isn't there? Yeah. So, Even more reasons to tell the story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I've got to say, right, it's what he says to me. When, this question always comes up in football. I don't know why. Who was the biggest hung lad you've ever saw? <laughs> Which... <laughs> Which us the Spurs didn't actually ask in fairness. Yeah, that's, that's but I was very it. interested when I started talking about it. Yeah. And, I, and I, I said, Mitchell Thomas was 
parfois. By some distance. <laughs> By some distance. And I used to say, it was really hard for Mitchell, because everybody said, was he right-footed or left-footed? It's hard, listen, it's hard to play with three legs. <laughs> and it depends which side he pushed it on on the day, which foot he was going to kick it with. But that season, we're talking about, we, we finished third that season under Bleak. Uh, we beat Liverpool home and away that season Chelsea away and United away that season I mean, why, why do you think we actually fell short of the title was there just teams better than us or yeah Le- too know? many games too many games too many games we, we got semi-final the League yeah. Cup lost to I'm not going to mention their name yeah. Um, yeah. we lost to them after three games we um, got the Cup final which again we played a lot of football mm. uh, I mean we played a lot and don't get me wrong you'd rather play than train mm. you were saying backstage that cup final you, you, they worked out that Spurs had played 13 S- more games than Coventry it was something like that yeah, yeah. so they t- like almost like a yeah. 20% more and, of a season know, they were pumped up on the day yeah. you need a bit of luck to win a cup and yeah. um, unfortunately that day we didn't have it but you know it, that team deserved to win a trophy oh yeah because yeah. best Tottenham team not to win a trophy yeah. Yeah. I mean we're looking at the current team that may, may tragically fall into that sort of category I've never watched that game back that 87 game yeah, I watched I yeah, I watched you've it. watched it back yeah, yeah. really yeah. well she set up the goal didn't you? but I couldn't watch it no back. I watched it you've got to watch it and you look and you think what, what did we do wrong and what did we didn't I just thought on the day they did a job on were really and mm. um, they had a lot more energy than us when you look back over the course of the 120 minutes but um wasn't meant to be, you know. It's a shame because yeah. that team should have won a trophy. Scored that... too early, of course. That's the old Tottenham curse. Uh-huh. Too early, Clive. Well, when that goal went in, I mean, you set it set it up. Mm. You yeah. just thought we're going to win eight 0 here. I did, yeah. yeah, yeah, I did. And that might have been maybe that was part of a problem. Maybe. And we had and we had Holston on some shirts. Yeah, that know. was a bit weird. Which was as in the Spurs shirt book. Yeah, but no, you know what's amazing that about that is you, you would have to pay about a million quid to get that much publicity. Yeah. I know. yeah. It was on the front page of the Sunday papers, up. Yeah. But that, um, obviously, we're recording this game a few... Uh, yes, was it the Arsenal game? Was it yesterday, wasn't it? God. That League Cup, to me, that 87, was the then kind of shift of balance, the sort of balance shift between the two teams. In the League Cup, we'd beaten West Ham 5-0, was it? Class and two goals. It was one of the greatest games I've ever saw at White Hart Lane. And we'd beaten West Ham 4-0 in the league. We were absolutely on fire. And then we had those three games against the Woolwich Wanderers, where the first one was at Highbury. 1-0, Clive Allen. Allen, we took the lead. And Willie's here tonight. I'll never forget that thing, if you want to get your tickets to the League Cup final. That was that awful thing we all yeah. just found, even then, 30 years ago. Yeah. Nothing's changed. You're sitting there going, why did Cursed you mention? It. Why are you mentioning where to get the tickets from? As a, so you were told to, Willie. Oh, okay. <laughs> As a play, I mean, again, you look on paper between those two sides, we were just infinitely a better side. But they won. George Graham. Um, I, came at, <laughs> I came across him every Wednesday in the cup finals. Course, yes. You know, he, he knew how to stop teams playing. And mm. he was very good on the percentages. Mm. And that's how he played. Mm. And, you know... I remember with Sheffield Wednesday when we got the two cup and we thought because we could have got Tottenham mm. and uh, it was like oh I thought we'd get Tottenham it'd be a great game yeah. you know because we played quite weird for you though wouldn't it yeah it would have been but it would have been a great game mm. and um, 
And then Arsenal won, and everybody was like, oh, no, not Arsenal. <laughs> and then we got them in the final, you know, the FA Cup. Yeah, and both, like, oh, both caps no, in the same Arsenal year, yeah. Again. They were a boggy team at Wednesday, to be honest. So, um, but yeah, the three games were so tight. They were so tight. And, um, listen, you know, when it comes to a cup game, it's just that little bit of luck you need. And if your name's on it, you can't do anything about it, you know. And mm. um, unfortunately, our name wasn't on it. Mm. The Spurs show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. And we're back. Um, the following season. Well, well, that season turned out to be Glenn's sort of last yeah. season for Goodbye. Spurs. Goodbye. So what was he like to play with? And how did he help, help, help your game as well? Because you kind of, the two of you together and your game just went to another levels. Uh, uh, I remember when I was working in the factory and um, seasoning, seasoning. Hmm. And anyway, I remember working in the factory and um, and I'd be out at somebody's house or uh, um, a party or whatever. And I used to leg it home to watch Match of the Day because I wanted to see uh, people like Glenn. So I'd run home and watch Match of the Day. And I just was like, wow, you know, both footed. Hmm. Uh, technically brilliant range of... He was like a quarterback. Mm. He was like yeah. Dan Marino at the time. Mm. And uh, so, I, you know, it was like... So when I came to Tottenham, and obviously I played with him in England, trained with him in England, and I thought, wow. And all the other players used to talk when he wasn't there. You know, and say, what a crap singer he is. <laughs> no, no, I didn't, no, I didn't. No, I didn't, no, I didn't. Anyway, they used to say, uh, you know, about in the day in training, just juggling the ball. Mm. you know the things he did with the ball and so everybody used to be like wow you know so when I went to Tottenham I was he's like uh, in the warm-ups Peter Street used to love um, getting in twos juggling the ball back and forwards three touch four touch five touch dit, 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 and I was Glenn's I became Glenn's partner I was like oh my god you know he's doing it like this way that way feet are going this way and everything mm. and I'm like <gasps> but I just when you train with somebody if you don't learn from them you're daft if you think you've got a bit of that in your locker you know you think yeah. and he got me to actually start saying you can pass it 40 yards you can pass it 50 yards you can, you can do that you can bring it down you can do things with the ball and he just gave us a lot of confidence was and that belief. things he was saying or just what no, he was he, doing gave no, you well, that I used to watch him I'm going to try that and I'd try things right. but he used to say when he, in that season once he, um, he was injured quite a bit eh? he said, he was, uh, some games he missed so then David Pete would say to me, you know, Chris, go and step yeah, in a bit more. And, right. and then Glenn would come to us at half time and say, look, there's a bit more space. If you go a little bit further forward or a little right. bit to the left, you'll find this hole a bit more. And, right. you know, he was just always sort of giving us advice and giving us the confidence to say, you can do it. You can he was like your Obi-Wan Kenobi. He was, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he was, yeah. He, he was just a great influence. And, um, and I, I used to say to people, if you don't learn from better players, there's something wrong with you. Mm. And... You know, I, I, I learned, you know, in my eyes, he was like, wow, he was the yeah. best for me. Mm. And, um, you know, to, to play with him and to sing with him. <laughs> no, to play with him, to play with him was just like, that was it, you know. Because I, I remember I watched, I say I used to run home, he was like on my list of favourite players. Mm. And um, so all of a sudden, you know, one minute I'm in this seasoning factory. And then, 
I'm at Wake Hart Lane playing football with Glen Absolutely. Mm. The, the, the following season in October, David Pleat left for non footballing reasons. <laughs> um, and eventually, though, Livermore was there for a while. Finally, contract, but Tay Venables then came in. Mm. Um, and that first season under Venables, we actually finished 13th. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that season. Why, why do you think when he came in, why, why do you think it was quite a disappointing season? Do you remember? Yeah, because we got rid of all the good players. Oh, really? Um, you've got to think from 87. Um, Goff Roberts yeah, yes, Clemens retired um, Glenn Glenn Ozzy Clive all of a sudden oh. not Ozzy stayed Ozzy okay. I played Ozzy um, football um, so we'd lost basically yeah. that team of mm. you know that then all of a sudden all at once we had to buy players yeah. um, we're going to take time mm. we're going to take time then we're introducing the younger players Mm. Um, which taught them well, you know, brilliant at producing players and young players coming through and in the reserves and that used to train with them and they were wow, you know, they were like wow, mm. you know, if you were at another club, you'd probably be playing. Mm. So uh, it was a big turnaround. Yeah, I mean that eighty-eight, eighty-nine season, the following was, was a really entertaining season, and obviously we all know here that marked the arrival at Spurs of Paul Gascoigne, who you were. Close to it's not Gaza, that is it? Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you were very close to, and I, I believe you were instrumental in convincing him to sign for Spurs. Yep, yep. Went for a little drink with him. I did. Uh, worst thing I ever did. Um, <laughs> no, you've got to think I met Paul when he was like 14, wow. and he was a lunatic then. Was that when you were b- both at Newcastle? He was. Coming so in he's on coming through. He was coming through. He's, and he was an apprentice. Yeah. And he was a, he was the slowest player you'd ever saw in your life at right. 16. Oh! Because we used to watch him running in the apprentices, and, which he did run a lot in apprentices, and um, he'd be like males behind everybody. Mm. And we used to be saying, like, take your diver boots off, mate. <laughs> it looked like he was running with diver's boots on. He mm. couldn't run. But he had great ability. Mm. You could see when he got the ball, he was clever and strong. And they were touch and go about taking him on as a pro, to be honest, Newcastle. And then um, when he came to Tottenham, you got to think when I met Gaza, he, he did a pre-season. I think the last season in Newcastle, he trained with the first team. Right. And we're running along the beach at Whitley Bay. What a scene. <laughs> and um, we're run- <laughs> I'm climbing the people don't see. <laughs> You've got to get to Whitley Bay. Anyway, we're along the beach. And then one of the large shouted, Oh, look at that dead bird. And Gaza went, where? <laughs> <laughs> so, I knew he, I knew he, I knew, I knew he was special. <laughs> um, so, I mean, uh, well, I, I can't say a bad word against the kid. I was like, best days of my well, life. You, you were very close on and off the pitch. And there's a story I heard, if you don't mind telling us a story, an extraordinary story about you and him, unavailables, going fishing when you weren't meant to be going uh, yeah. fishing. Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh, I remember that, yeah. Are you allowed, can you tell that story? Yeah, I can tell it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Man, I, I could be all night selling stories. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. We were playing Notts County in the League Cup and because um, I couldn't sleep, never slept. Mm. Honestly, it was a nightmare. And I used to room with him. So, um, 
I never got any sleep. And um, anyway, this day he says, look, we're playing Notts County at home. So uh, as I'm driving, we didn't go in. Then I said, look, we'll just come to the game at 6.30, well, at 6 o'clock. So as we're driving back, Gaza says, you fancy going fishing? I went, no. <laughs> I don't like fishing anyway. But I said, no, I don't want to go fishing. He went, I said, we've got a game tonight. And he went, yeah, but I'm bored, so why don't we just go fishing? Anyway, we go to this trout farm. And he talks, which he always did. He could talk into anything. And he used to get in so much trouble. And he used to think, it's you again. <laughs> anyway, but he had this way of just convincing you that it was all right. Mm. Well, it never was. <laughs> anyway, so we get, we get to this, I don't know, it was a lake, whatever we're on. And we get this boat and we're off. It's freezing, by the way. We've got a T-shirt on, a pair of tracky bottoms. Anyway, we'll get the boat and I row off to the... We'll get the middle of this pond, lake. Anyway, he's like this. And he loved fly fishing. And he's like this. It's really windy. It's freezing. So and you've got a game that night. And yeah, we've got a, a game. A few hours, we've got play, a game. We've got a game against Nuts Coast. This is like two o'clock, yeah. three o'clock. And we're playing at court eight. So we're sitting on this lake and I'm, he's like this. Anyway, next thing he was... Ah, 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 what are you doing? He went, ah, help. What do you mean, help? He caught a fish. No. Well, what? Look, and this hook, it was like massive, like that, right? Three prong thing, like that. It was in the back of his neck, yeah, right? <laughs> it was stuck in the back of his neck. And he went, get it out. And I went, no fucking chance. <laughs> I went, no. So I got the boat, and I'm like, <laughs> so we get to this side. He goes, what are we going to do? I went, hold on, what are we going to do? So he went, yeah, I went, right. So I ring the doc up. I says, doc, I says, um, you couldn't come to the ground a little bit earlier, could you? <laughs> and he went, why? I went, I can't tell you at a minute, but it's very important. <laughs> no, I'm not coming till... I went, doc, please, come. I says, it's, it's about the game tonight as well. If you don't come, you know, players mightn't be playing. Right, I'll be there at five o'clock. So me and him go to the ground, and he's got this massive hook in the back of his neck. And he's going, what does it look like? And I was like, yeah, it looks... Yeah, good, yeah, good. <laughs> so, yeah, it's great, it's brilliant. Not a problem, mate. Anyway, the doc comes in and goes, yeah. I go, he's right, doc. I says, uh, sort him out, will you? He says, what, what's he got? I went, back of his head, yeah. So the doc looks and goes, Jesus Christ. Gaza then starts panicking. And he'll do what are you saying that for? <laughs> he went, I've never seen that before. So now Gaza gets in a panic. So Doc says, right, I'll, I'll, I said, Doc, get it out. He went, I can't get it out. How am I going to get it out? I went, you're the doctor. <laughs> so anyway, he went, right. So he grabs it. Gaza like, ah, ah. He went, Gaza went, give a jab. He went, what? He went, jab me neck. So he went, if I jab your neck, Paul, your neck will be stiff for the game. And he went, jab my neck so he jabs his neck all around this thing and eventually he gets it out hooks it out puts a plaster on it thing bandage thing sticky thing and whatever and anyway so the team start coming in now to get changed for the match <laughs> so Venice goes the team the night is because it's not county well like lower division in the cup we thought he might leave a couple of hours and he went team is Gaza 
me, oh, my God, are you playing? And he's like, that guy's in the changing room. (laughs) (laughs) So Terry Venables is like, over there, right, need to press these, the lower league, don't let them time on the ball, they're not as good as us. Do you get that? And he's going, yeah. (laughs) Venice probably thought he was taking the piss because Geller was always messing about. Anyway, we play the game, I think he won three, I get one, he gets two, I think. And uh, he walks in, his neck's still stiff. Walks in the change room, and he's like, you know, Venice, is this something wrong with you? No, 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 no. He couldn't shake his head. He was like, no, no, no. <laughs> we had another one. I'll tell you another story. So, when they were knocking the shelves and that down, the shelves down and that, right at the training ground, we're training at Hendon then. So, we used to go back to the ground, and he wanted to pick up his mail. Uh, which was sent to the ground. So we'd get with mail and that, whatever was there. So then we walk out and he'd go, let's have a look at the pitch. This is like Thursday, Friday. So we're playing at home the next day. So he went, let's go look at the pitch. I went, what do you mean let's look at the pitch? I said, you know the fucking pitch. <laughs> he said, let's go. He said, no, 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 let's have a look at the pitch. So I'm thinking, there's something in it. There's something happening. <laughs> so I start thinking now, was walking down the tunnel, I'm thinking, there's something not right here. Anyway, we look at the shelf, which is closed off like getting knocked down and so he's looking like that and he's looking around like that and he keeps looking at the shelf that far corner bit and I'm thinking there's something going to come out here I know it something's going to happen so he goes I seen all them pigeons over there <laughs> so I went yeah it's a football ground and it's closed down that stand so pigeons will like they go in there right he went, just wait there a minute. Oh, I thought, here we go. <laughs> he runs to his car, comes back with this bloody big rifle, right? <laughs> Two-two rifle, air pumped up. It's like, it's like unbelievable, right? Comes running down the tunnel with it, and he goes, come on. I went, where are we going? We're going in that stand. I went, what for? He went, I'm going to get some pigeons. I went, I'm not going in that stand. I said, it's, it's done. It's danger, look. Signs, don't go in it. Be all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So we go up, we go up, we go up to the very top, right in the corner. So he went, he went, them fucking pigeons, look how far they are away. He said, I just need to get a bit further along. I went, Gaza, look, he says, look, don't, like, danger. I said, you know what danger means, don't you? Yeah, well, look. And he went, nah, I'll be all right. And I went, oh, my God. He puts his gun over his shoulder and he's walked along like this. Then the next thing, it's just like... He goes through the stand to the bottom stand. <laughs> All I hear is, ah! <laughs> so I'm run down the stairs from the top stand, down to the next stand. By the way, if he'd been another five yards that way, he would have went down the, the pitch level. And he was dead. Literally dead. So he's in the stand below, and he's lying among these seats like this. <laughs> so I get down it, and I go, what are you... Oh, God, how am I going to... I'm thinking of Teddy Venables now. So I'm thinking... If he doesn't play the morrow, how am I going to see it to Terry Venables? He's injured. So he's like, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. He gets up. He's in agony, right? Shoulder, his ribs, everything. He's in bits. So anyway, as we're walking onto the pitch level, walking around, he's like, I couldn't breathe. And then he went, I went, yeah. He went, are them pigeons gone? <laughs> 
And I went, are you fucking real or what? Mm-hmm. So the next day he comes in. I went, guys, are you going to have to play, by the way? He says, you're going to have to play. He says, you cannot cock off this game. I says, because Venice is going to find out. I says, and you'll get done. I'll play, I'll play. Gets up the next morning, he's in agony, right? He's basically black and blue there, all the way down his arm. So we get to the ground, I says, don't let him see you with your shirt off. <laughs> so Venice comes in, Venice comes in, in team, do, 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 do. Gaza goes in the back room, <laughs> takes his shirt off and that, puts his head, shirt on, comes out. He's like, he can't lift his arm, he can only lift his arm to there. So I went, Gaza, you better have a good game today, mate. I says, because I tell you what. Anyway, we play the game, we win, I think, two or three. I can't remember the game, I think it was three nil we won. And he had a really good game, to be fair. And then we uh, went in and as he always drops a clanger, <laughs> he stood there and Venice was like great result lads great lad he takes his shirt off didn't he get in lads he forgot <laughs> oh I thought oh my god covered it up right at the end anyway and then Venice went how do you get that and as he's that thick at times he went fell out of bed last night but <laughs> well, I mean that was him yeah. you know and that was the way he was. But he could play with no neck, or he could play with a, just, no it, use of his. He was that good, it, wasn't he? Yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely top draw. He had no yeah. fear. Yeah. You could give him the ball with like eleven players around him. Yeah. And no he'd sleep. Say, give us it. Give yeah. us it. Yeah. And he, he was, he was totally about him. Mm. He was, uh, you know, it was all about, <laughs> you know, he was he was a loose cannon. Yeah. And. Um, but he had everything he wanted in the English game at the time. Mm. You know, he was box to box, put his foot in, mm. uh, could play, could mm. score, mm. could head it, yeah. um, could run all day. Um, he was just a lunatic, though. Just totally so, mad. Didn't he more or less move into your house yes. when he arrived? And didn't your wife have to say to you eventually, I'm sorry, Chris, it's him or me, this is getting ridiculous? Yeah, well, he, was, he signed a four-year contract, and after three years, it got a bit... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then, didn't he get a house down the road and made it exactly identical to your house? Yeah, he kept yeah. asking me, Mrs, where'd you get that? Where'd you buy that? Where'd you do that? <laughs> so then we went to his house when he moved in. I think it was Dobbs Weir he moved into, and when we went to his house, it was like... <laughs> it was literally like Am I, have we come to your house when we played for England there was a uh, you know they always used to have brass bands playing yeah. so this brass band took basically the width of the pitch up so 20, 20 yards either side the centre circle there was loads of them it was like the biggest band I'd seen so me and Gaza were on the pitch, and everybody was told to come in, and it was the old Wembley then, back the goal, the tunnel. Anyway, he went, no, stay out a bit longer, we'll stay out a bit longer. Why? <laughs> well, we don't have to go in now, do we? I said, yeah, they've told me to come in. Now, we'll have five more minutes, all right. So he goes that side of the band, I'm this side of the band, so I can't see him. So he said, he comes running through the band like that, as they're playing, <laughs> he comes running through them like that. And he goes, right, what we're going to do is clip the ball over the band. I'll be the width of the goal. You're the width of that goal. So I know where you are. Just clip it over. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, it's just, you know, a bit of skill, a bit of warm-up. <laughs> Go on, then. So anyway, clipping this ball back and forwards. After about ten each, 
he comes to he goes right next one what do you mean next one <laughs> now, now you've got to ping it just above the heads <laughs> right so by the way there's like 60, 70,000 in the stadium <laughs> and he goes there's only me and him on the pitch just ping it across the heads just miss them so he fizzes one across comes above it must have been five yards above the heads comes flying across pulls it down hits one back and goes back you know saying comes back again I send one back then I'm waiting for him to come running through saying the next thing he didn't hits another one so then I think Christ is I going to hit the next one I pull it it goes anyway all he hears is trumpet player go right so now I'm thinking oh my god so the tunnel's behind me I turn and run I just run down the tunnel right so I get in the tunnel and the changing room at Wembley was there was a door at the top where there was like a big bath there was three baths and showers here so as I go in I sit on the edge of the, the single baths I sit on the end of one of them and I think God I thought if that's on the telly <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking hey, if somebody's video or not <laughs> next thing silly bollocks comes walking through the door he's in hysterics isn't he <laughs> oh did he hear that trumpet <laughs> Oh, I, yeah, I did. I says, it's, it's, I says, why do you play these stupid games? <laughs> and he went, he was, he was crying, right? So we sit on the end of this bath. Anyway, as we're talking, the door bursts open, this side door, <laughs> and they've got this bloke with a trumpet player, <laughs> and he's got his arms around these two, will that bloke, and his feet are getting dragged like that. <laughs> and his hat's like half on the side, like that. And me and Gaz are sitting in the bath like that, and we go, and his blood come out of his mouth here. And I went, oh my God. And Gaz, I went, hey, mate, what happened? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, he went, and I went, oh, he said, I was pressing, I was pressing C something, and the next thing, the trumpet's down the back, and he threw up. So I legged it and into the changing room and Gaza come in he was going hey lad you should have seen what happened out there and Bob Robson went what happened? oh no Gaffer uh, Gaffa, well, we had a few uh, unbelievable honestly we went to Everton on the Saturday with Spurs that was the Wednesday we played Everton away at Goodison on the Saturday and there was a first aid bloke walking down the side of the pitch before the game when we were warming up and Gaza had the ball in the centre circle and he went first aid man Shouted like that. <laughs> we went, what? And he clipped this ball like that. And it's going through the air. And his kids, you know, they were first year, you know. They don't like football, do they? And they just walk like that, don't they? <laughs> and his kids walking down the side of the pitch like this. And it goes, Doof. And his hat flies into the crowd, Everton fans. Well, you can't get it back, the Everton fans. They're not going to give me back, are they? <laughs> so then, and because I hated them, um, you, know, the, you know, the mascots. Yeah. yeah. You know, I dress up with. Yeah. He hated them. Absolutely hated them. So it was some. I don't know what Everton's was called, something with toffee or something. I don't know what he's called. <laughs> anyway, Gaza went home. Yeah, come here, mate. So 
he's got this kid, right? He's in a furry outfit thing with an Everton shirt on. <laughs> and he's got, he's got him, and he's got him in the goal mouth, and he got his clipping balls at him, and he's saving it, and the crowd's going, hey! Because I went, I fucking hate these. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes up about five yards away from him, right? And he starts rolling it home like that, and he dives on it. The crowd's going, hey! And after about three or four guys, I went, right. He just got it, half volleyed it, hard as he could. Hit the kid in the stomach. It, the costume just went in like that. And you could hear the kid going, oh! <laughs> and when he was on the floor, he was like, oh! The ball came back out, the stomach thing popped back out. Gaza ran up, lashed it in his head. This, I, don't know if he's, I don't actually know if he got round the game because I never saw him again. <laughs> and Gaza walked off, he went, I fucking hate them masters. <laughs> 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 well, we're, we're running out of time, you know, all the England stuff. Look, we'll do it another time. Um, <clears throat> Gary Lineker then, as a fan, was coming in, was going to be joining you. Gaza, Naeem. Then obviously the well reported financial problems at the club meant that an offer was accepted for you. It was then it was the third highest transfer fee of all time for Marseille. When did you get wind of things? What from your perspective, what was the sort of lead up of events did you want to go? No. Um, I was at Wimbledon. Um, Watching the tennis? No, Plow Lane. Oh. No, I was at Wimbledon <laughs> Tennis. No, yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't go to Plow Lane, would you? Um, no, I was it with, it with a couple of players, Paul Walsh and somebody else. We went, it was Friday, it was Ladies' Day thing, uh, semis mm-hmm. and uh, whatever. And we never got in Wimbledon, to be fair. We just stayed in the hospitality <laughs> tent. But anyway, we're in there and uh, Paul Walsh had one of them big brick phones. Mm. And uh, anyway, he gets a call from a, an agent, Dennis Roach, and said, um, is Chris with you? So give me the phone, yeah, yeah. Right, you've got to be at White Hart Lane in the morning, 10 o'clock. Why? Um, you've just got to be there. And I went, I'm not coming. And he went, no, you've got to be there. I said, I'm not coming. And he went, what for? I said, tell us what it's about. Hmm. So he said, uh, I can't tell you, uh, they've had an offer for you and they've accepted it. What? I said, I've just signed a seven-year contract. That's right, yeah. And he went, seven years. he went, no, they've accepted, and I, I, I said, who is it? And he went, I can't tell you. I said, well, I'm not coming. <laughs> so he went, it's, it's a team in France. So I went, right. So I went, I don't get this. And he went, just turn the ground at 10 o'clock. So I got there, and obviously uh, me, uh, people looked after us, Mel and Len were there, and um, Dennis Roach and uh, Venas and Irvin Scholar. So I go in, and they say, look, we've, um, we've, we've, had agree, we've agreed a fee for you. So I said, hold on, I don't get this. How can you agree a fee for us? And basically what happened was they said to Marseille, um, he's not for sale. So they offered two million two and a half, three, uh, and it kept going, no, it's not for sale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, they turned around and said, well, what price would you sell it? Yeah. And then they said uh, 4.2 or whatever it was, 2.5, whatever it was. 
Um, it was a lot of money. Yeah, it yeah. was a lot of money. It was huge. And they thought that would just scare Marseille yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And he said, so if, you, if they said, it, so it was an agent deal, I don't know what the bloke was, he said, if, if they match that fee, you'll sell them. So basically, he said, yeah. And they thought that's the end of it. And then two days later, they rang up and said, no, we thought we are going to pay it. So that was, that was it. Next thing, I was on a plane out to Marseille. But what was that like for you? Because you were a great team, settled, all great. Yeah. And it's like you're, getting, you're, you're off to France, south of France. The only thing what, what persuaded it in a way to go, don't get me wrong, it was a fantastic deal. I'm not saying, you know, yeah. I'm not giving you no bullshit. It was an unbelievable contract. But it was Champions League yeah. and English clubs were barred, mm. banned. Yes. And I, I just thought, is it the next level to take? Yeah. And you've got to think, Tottenham had got rid of Glenn, Clive, Goff, Roberts, and it was the start of a new team, yeah. you know, and I just thought, oh, yeah, I'm quite happy to stay, don't get me wrong, but when I went and met them and I thought, you know, then I actually signed, and then I arrived a week later in the airport, and, I, and they went, get ready, because you're going to get mobbed. I went, what do you mean? They went, they'll be, the airport will be unbelievable. So I get to the airport, walk through, nobody there. <laughs> so I get, I get to the bottom where the baggage is, and I'm waiting for the belt coming. All of a sudden, there's about 30, 40 journalists run over. So uh, they're all obviously speaking French, and uh, I couldn't understand the freaking word they were saying. So they said, uh, and one of them come through and went, are you looking forward to playing in the velodrome? Which I knew that was the ground. Mm. So I went... Yes, I am looking forward to playing at the Velodrome. And he said, and what song will you start with? <laughs> so then I thought, I thought, has Damon Lays been out in France? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and I, I couldn't get what he was on about. So I went, can you say that again? Went, yes, what song will you start with? I don't know what you're on about. And he went, you are the singer out of Pink Floyd. <laughs> and Pink Floyd were playing at the velodrome the next right. night. So I thought, you know what? I'm the third most expensive football in the world and I'm freaking lead singer out of Pink Floyd. Yeah. Didn't do me confidence very good, by the way, at the time. But, you know, that was it. But that was how it happened. It, it basically, I remember persuading Gary Lineker to sign my Spurs because yeah. I thought, if we get him up front with uh, me and Gaza we'll score 100 goals well we'll this make, is what we thought we may concede 99 yeah but he still <laughs> score more but than we let in it would be yeah, fun we, yeah it would be great because we thought I mean I remember seeing it on the evening standard you know, the, oh, on the old yeah. evening standard thing on my way home Waddle's signs for Martin you think, it was so out of the blue it was yeah and it didn't make any sense because Lineker had just turned up I think the only person more devastated than us as fans was Lineker right yeah, well, next I mean, game. What did he say? Next game, I didn't see Gary after that. We um, next game was November, something like that, September, and um, got the hotel England joining up. And um, I walked in reception. Gary was sat there talking with a few of the lads, and I was getting my room key. And I turned around. And I went, "Hi, lads. All right, Gary. All right." And he went, "You fucking wanker." <laughs> <laughs> But he, he was good about it because obviously he went to Barcelona. He knew what it was like to go yeah. abroad and what you know. But I, I, I would love to have had that that one season just yeah. to see what would happen. because yeah, I think we would have scored God knows how many goals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you bring it forward now. You, 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 
you, you played in a, in, a, in a fantastic Spurs side that we've obviously talked about that didn't win a trophy. Um, mm. Bringing it forward to this, this present side, do you, do you think this current team, you know, you're obviously a wonderful pundit for the, pundit for the BBC, do you think this current team and Pochettino need to win a trophy? Or do you think football's not just about trophies anymore? Uh, me, personally, I, I, I think... I, I know, obviously, I want Tottenham to do well. I, it's a club I played for, and I had a great time there, and I've got a lot of respect. And it's just a result I look for on a Saturday. But I think... I know, I know the manager says we don't need to win a trophy, we're going along all right. I, to me, personally, I, I think... I would judge Tottenham... Um, not next season in the stadium I think the second season in the stadium and I think that is when your revenue increases you're getting 61,000 um, you know with the NFL whatever it's going to be it's going to print a lot of money and that is where they've got to step up to it and say yes we can I know they've signed Harry Kane on a good, long deal which is great Deli Ali's saying they need to sign Ericsson up Hmm. They, need to, they need to push the boat out and say we're not a selling club anymore because whatever you think about Tottenham over the years they've always seemed to get rid of the players you now I left Gaza left Glenn left people left well, you shouldn't, they should have been nailed down for life and um, and I think once they get in that stadium and that, I think for me that is when I love the manager I think he's brilliant what he's done I, I like the team um, but they need to strengthen and keep strengthening every year. And if there's a big play on the market within the next year or two, I think they've got to be in that market to say we can get him. If, if you were the if you were the, like a manager now or whatever, how with the current team, how, how would you strengthen that current team if if if, if you were? Fine? I don't think there's a lot you need. I, I, the only thing I'd probably say is I think Moore is all right. I think Amela's hit and miss. He's all right. I think they could do with uh, a player like um, a Mares, uh somebody who's different. Right. I, I think they've got wonderful footballers, and I mean clever players, clever, but they haven't got that individual at times where you just think, go and take two players out of the game mm. by going past two players, and you think, wow. Mm. I think the players who we mentioned, who, who you might say can do it, don't do it regular enough or consistent and I think they need that world that difference of player sounds like we need a Chris Waddle (laughs) (laughs) no but no but you need a player who can listen Ericsson's brilliant at what he does and great pass of the ball but there's just sometimes the ball moves around a lot with Tottenham and you think it's great to watch at times don't get me wrong I like like watching Tottenham and Mm. they're a great sight to watch but the ball seems to move around and it gets to certain areas where you just think the fullback checks back and goes back up there and yeah. goes back across there and you think you're on one on one you're one on one that's where you mm. want to be down mm. the side of the box wow mm. you know and you just think if they had that individual um, I think it would help them an unbelievable amount mm. but mm. you know I, I don't think they're far short I think um, squad wise I think they're strong enough to compete yeah um, I mean the game yesterday which was for 20 minutes ours were great and Tottenham for me just took control of the first half and that's where you capitalise you should have been 3 or 4 one up. and then second half you've got to say Tottenham seemed to run out of legs and give them yeah. credit he changed it he put players on two up front had a goal and they got the rewards but the problem with Tottenham is they're playing that many games mm. and it's alright having a decent squad but you need to win the league to be at the top four you need a top quality squad 
it's all right saying, well, we've got 16, 15, 16 players who you think, yeah. You know, like, yes, there was a problem centre-halves. Why didn't play? Told me, I don't know why I didn't play. But a game like that, you'd play them. But there's a reason. So I think it's hard for him because he's probably played every game. Yeah. And he's probably thought, I need to give him a rest. Yeah. But a game like that, he's the sort who would love that battle yesterday, wouldn't he? Mm. So, you know, he's got faith in the young lad, um, which I'm sure he'll be a player one day. Makes a few ricks at the minute, but you learn. Um, listen, they've got a good squad and people kept saying they should have strengthened. Yeah, I can understand where people are saying that, but um, they probably need another two, three players. Mm-hmm. But you say that about Tottenham every year. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chris, I mean, despite, you know, in the, in the great history of Spurs, you weren't, you know, you weren't there that long. You, I, I don't, I'm sure you know if you don't. I mean, the, the fact that you left so abruptly... I don't think most fans even got to say goodbye like mm. you do with certain players, which I know as a fan was a real wrench at the time. You're held in such esteem by, by Spurs fans. You really, really are, despite being there, you know, three, four years or whatever. What, 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 what's the club and the fans looking back 30 years on mean to you now? Well, as I say, it's a club I, I follow. I was really um, privileged to be there at the finale. Um, I brought my son who's never been to a Tottenham game. He was just like, wow, he's a Tottenham fan now. Um, <laughs> but now it was... Um, I had a wonderful four years. Apart from the first probably six, seven months, I, I loved it, um, settled. Um, yeah, it's a, it is a weird way how I left. It was, to me, it was weird. It was strange. How it happened, it was just like that, gone. Um, but it's a club I'll follow, and... Um, you know, it's, it's one of the first results I look for, if not the first. Um, what was it like when you went back for the, the last game of White Hart Lane, which Theo was involved in? Oh, it was what was that incredible. like? Well, I, as I said, I don't, I live in Sheffield now, and I don't really get down London a lot. I don't, I don't do a lot of commentaries down London. I've done a couple of games at Wembley. I don't, uh, I, I don't do a lot of Southern games because of, obviously, where I live. Um, so, yeah, you know, it, it, I... I, I the finale was brilliant because I'd never been away at Lane for ages mm-hmm. and um, that was great you know it's like you know as you say it's like there's a respect there and I think that's that's what I like about it it's you know I had four years at the club and uh, it was four years I enjoyed really enjoyed and I was quite happy I wouldn't have signed a seven year contract if I didn't really want to see me days mm. through yeah. and how I ended up in Marseille was bizarre um, but that's football you don't know what's around the corner so um, it would have been interesting in the next seven years um, but listen I had four great years I've got four great years of memories played with some unbelievable players and, it, and people always when I, when I went to Sheffield from Marseille and they've got very good support loyal support and you know people don't realise how big Tottenham are you know people always talk about Man United and uh, 75,000 most of them are tourists mm. so mm. people don't realise how big Tottenham are you know 61,000 new stadium they'll sell it they'll sell it because they've got an unbelievable support and I used to say to people when we used to play away sold out every away game mm. even though we were average you know when it turned after 87 it was like a learning curve it was new players coming in and where, where we're going to be where we're going Yet, every away game sold out. People don't realise how big the club are. And when I'm up north, you know, I always say to people, when they say, what was a Tottenham, I always say, you don't realise how big Tottenham are. 
They're absolutely enormous. And I just hope with this new stadium, they go on and start winning trophies because I'll be definitely cheering, definitely. Well done, Will. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a wonderful evening. Mr. Chris Waddle. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. The Spurs Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.